take your Bible, if you will, turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm 40. I know that we have been um, dealing in the book of Romans, but I want us to take um, a brief pause and um, on that, just probably for a Sunday. And um, so I begin to think about what today is, 9-11, I... Um, Remember, uh, me and KK were talking about it last night. I uh, can remember when I was in school and it took place, and uh, I, I did not know what was going on. They did not announce it to us. I think I was just uh, in the maybe in the fourth grade, I believe it was. And uh, I, I can remember uh, knowing something was going on, just did not know what. Because um, it seemed like just the teachers was just in a in a tizzy, and everybody had um, their all the teachers had the radios on, and they were sitting close by them, and um, so it, it, I knew something was going on, and I, I could remember uh, my mother come and check me out early, and when we got in the car, she told me, and I I could not my mind could not wrap around um, what had happened, and. We got in the car, and she told me that um, terrorists had attacked the World Trade Center. Well, first of all, I didn't know what a terrorist was. I thought she, I thought she meant a tourist, and I, I couldn't, for the life of me, understand why a tourist was attacking. And I didn't even know what I didn't even know New York had trade centers. Uh, matter of fact, I wasn't even quite sure there was a place outside of Mississippi, uh, much less a state of New York, and. Um, I, I just I just couldn't wrap my mind around it, um, the things that took place. And then I, I remember uh, going home and them turning on the news and watching it. And and uh, no doubt, probably as it is in your mind, it is mine. It is it is etched, uh, the first time we saw it is etched in our mind forever. And um, as a nation, as a um, as Americans, we have we vowed that we would never forget that day. Sad reality of it is, they won't even play it on national news anymore because they're scared to death that they're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And um, you know, I, I'm not. It is not my my battery's dead, so I'm going to use this pulpit mic, there, brother. Um, you know, everybody has their own opinion and. But anyway, regardless of that, but I just want to give you, just give you this. And 8.46 a.m., September the 9th, the September 11th, uh, flight 11 is when, um, at 8.46 a.m. is when it hit the North Tower. Uh, 9.03 a.m., flight 175 hit the South Tower. And 9.37 a.m., flight 77 hit the Pentagon. It is estimated that 2,977 people were killed on this day. It is and has is, remains the largest um, attack that America has ever uh, went through. And there again, I, I can remember and still to this day sometimes you'll see it, these, these pictures that say never forget. And there again, we have obviously forgotten tremendously of what took place and 
And I, I, I begin to think about that. And, but what's sadder than that, that is us forgetting the, the tragedy. And On that day, reality of it is, is a lot of us have forgotten something way more special or something way more significant than that. And reality of it is, a lot of us have forgotten uh, what the Lord has done for us. And I, I want you to look at Psalm chapter number, Psalm 40. Notice verse number 1. Now, that's what I want to look at today is, is some things that we have forgotten. There again, as Americans, I believe we've forgotten the, 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 the idea of insecurity and the not knowing and the turmoil that happened on that day and the days afterwards. And, and there again, I think I've said it here before, I, I can remember the Sunday after that, man, churches was full Everybody was gathering to pray. Everybody was praying for America. And then it seems like as, as time progressed, it just kind of went away. And that, that's the way we are as humans. If you study, study the, the children of Israel, that's the way they were. They would reach pinnacles of, of spirituality. And then all of a sudden, they were plummet down. down and then they would be, God would put them in bondage. And they would cry out for for freedom and God would raise up a leader and deliver them out of bondage and then they would reach another pinnacle of spirituality and then they would plummet down again and it is just if you study the the life of the children of Israel it's a constant up and down as you see see that in the life of the children of Israel you see that in our life it's oftentimes just a, a constant up and down of spirituality not and in the valley and mountaintop and valley and so on and so forth and so David, as he comes to Psalms 40, he makes a statement. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard me. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust the Lord in the Lord. And blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are us are to us inward are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak unto them. They are more than can be numbered. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness, thank you for your mercy. Lord, I pray that you'd help us in this time. Lord, I pray you'd read the, uh, bless the reading of the Word of God. And Lord, do that which only you can do. And we'll be careful to give you the honor and give you the glory. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as a lot of times as you come to begin a Christian life, have you ever seen somebody and that, that seems like the older they get, the meaner they get? Now, I, I know none of y'all are that way, but... But there's been people that in my life that have um, that that seems like as I remember them as a as a young boy they were much sweeter, but it seems like as the older they get the the, the more the more contrary they get the more uh, just just whatever however you want to describe it and 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 I I can I, I know people that way and and, and re seemingly it's so, sometimes as you think of those those people. It should not be that way. Then, then there's those people that it seems like the older they get, the sweeter they get. And so there's two ways that you can you know, a person can age. They can either age gracefully or they can age bitterly. 
And sad reality of it is that a lot of people are aging bitterly more than they are aging gracefully or aging sweetly. And so as what happens is, especially amongst a Christian life, is, is we see things and we go through things that instead of instead of sweetening us up they make us more they make us bitter there's a lot of lot of christians that that today if if we if we were to line if we were to put them in a group of lost people for any amount of time and those lost people wouldn't want to become a christian because of that person's attitude and reality of it is this morning is a lot of the reason lost people don't want to become a christian is because they know a christian and, and, and as you think about that, you think about what, what's the number one reason people don't want to come to church? It's because of church people. And, amen goes right there. I mean, we, we have gotten to the place to where we think we can win the world by being mean as a wet set in hand. I mean, it, it's amazing to me how many times that you and I as God's people think that we have an excuse to be rude and to be obnoxious. And, and listen, you ask, a, you ask a waitress or a waiter, and they'll tell you the, the worst day they hate to work is on Sundays. is because that's when all the church people come in to eat after lunch. And reality of it, it ought not be that way. But I'm telling you, I think the reason that many people in our day, have lost their joy and have lost the glow of a Christian is because of some things that we have forgotten. Number one, I think the first thing that we have forgotten is that where we were when the Lord heard us. Now there again, uh, now some of you may have, may have a different testimony than me. I got saved as, I got saved as an eight-year-old boy. I, 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 I got saved off a church pew, if you will. But So there was not much that that an eight-year-old boy could get into. But some of you may not have got saved off of a church pew. Some of you may have got saved out of a, out of a hard life and a life that was, that was lived ungodly and wicked and, and, and vile and, and, and whatever the case is. But it does not matter. It did not matter that I got saved as an eight-year-old boy. The reality of it is it took just as much of the grace of God to save me as an eight-year-old boy, as it takes to save the drunkard who's been a drunkard 40 years. It took as much blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to wash my sins away as an eight-year-old boy as it would take to wash the sins away of an adulterous murderer. And this morning, we've got to understand that we cannot forget that the Lord has heard us. Now, notice what he said. David said, he said, I waited patiently upon the Lord. Notice this, and he inclined unto me. Now that word in, incline means to stretch out or it means to bend. So what David is saying is saying as I could not get to the Lord. I, I, could not, I could not deliver myself. But the God of glory, when I cried unto Him, he did, I did not go to where He was, but rather He came down to where I was. And I want to ask you this morning, do you remember where you was when the God of glory come down to you I mean, have, have, you, have, you, have you forgotten about where you was when the Lord of glory, the God who created everything, come to where you was? If you've ever been born again, friend, He came to where you are. 
And friend, when we think about Him coming to where we were and hearing our cry, out of all the people in the world, that day He chose to hear your cry. Of all the people in the world, that day He chose to pass by your way. Friend, when we think about that, how in the world uh, could we not lift our voice? And how in the world could we forget that He of all people was willing to hear us? Isaiah 59 verse number 1 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither His ear heavy that it cannot hear. And so today we see that David made this statement. He said, He inclined unto me. And he heard my cry. But not only have so many of us forgotten that the Lord has heard us, but some of us have forgotten that where the Lord delivered us from. Notice verse number 2. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. So we see that David makes this, he, he describes this place to us as a horrible pit. It, it carries the idea of a place of torment. Now I want to ask you, now there again, there's everybody here, their salvation testimony is different, but we all got saved the same way. What The circumstances around it may be different, but we all got saved the same way. And can you remember the heavy load of conviction that you was under? Can you remember the day that when God showed you that you were a sinner? Listen, we, we, we've got a generation of Christians who believe they can be they're, that they're born again without conviction. Friend, a person can't get saved until they first know they're lost. There's a lot of people who think, well, I, I, I repeated a prayer. I'm glad you repeated a prayer. But if God, the Holy Ghost, hadn't showed you you was lost, friend, uh, you are not born again. You cannot be saved from something you don't know you're in. And I'm telling you, that's why a lot of Christians are a threefold child of hell this morning is because they think that they've been saved. They think that it's in a prayer. They think it's in baptism. They think it's in a preacher. But friend, it's in a person and His name is Jesus Christ. There's been a lot of people that they have shook the preacher's hand. They've been baptized. They've joined the church. But they know nothing about Holy Ghost conviction. They don't know about when the Holy Ghost come into their life and turned the light on and said, you're a sinner. You're lost and undone without God. And friend, that's the only way a person can get born again is when God shows them they're lost. You say, preacher, God's never showed me you're lost and you've never been saved. It's that, it's that blunt. It's just that, that's the way the, where the rubber meets the road. I'm telling you, I, I know people that think they're saved because of a prayer they repeated. I want to ask you a question. Is salvation by works? No. So if you're trusting in a prayer, what are you trusting in? Works. Salvation is not in a one, two, three, repeat after me, ABC prayer. Salvation is in faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And yet so many people have been deceived by an idea that I can repeat some words with my mouth and that is enough to get me into heaven. Friend, it is not what your mouth says, it's what your heart believes. And so many people today, they have this idea that they can be saved without conviction. Don't And listen, there again, I've said it before and I'll say it again as many times as I can, that you have to, be, you have to know that you're lost 
before you can be saved. Go back in your mind to go back to your mind to Peter as he's walking on the water. Peter did not, the Lord did not stretch forth his hand and save Peter until Peter realized he was sinking. And so many people had this mindset, I want to go to heaven. Anybody in their right mind wants to go to heaven. And yet there's going to be a, I believe there's going to be a lot of sad walking and slow singing for people that have deceived children by saying, if you want to go to heaven, repeat after me. Of course they want to go to heaven. Who don't want to go to heaven? But friend, it's more than just wanting to go to heaven. Listen, salvation's not in a place. Salvation is not in heaven. Salvation is in a person. And so many people are deceived because they have forgotten and listen, and, and not only that, but man, we see this horrible pit, but yet so many people have forgotten where the Lord has brought them from. You ever, you ever seen somebody that just, man, that they, they think that they're God's gift to Christianity? Man, that they puff up, that they, 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 they're, they're it. But listen, if it wasn't by the grace of God, friend, you and I'd be in hell. If it was not for God's amazing grace, you and I would get what we deserve, and that is a place called hell. So David sees, tells us this place, but not only does David tell us this place, but notice the posture after, after he deals with this place. He says, Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. We see that David is brought up. Now I want you to notice very carefully the wording that is here. Notice this wording. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Now, if, you're not, if we're not careful, that wording will just bypass us. But think about the word, He brought me up. You know what that signifies? That means God had to go to David. That, mean God, that meant God had to get down there where David was to bring him up. God had to come down to where you and I are. Thank God that he reached further down than you and I could ever reach up. We see that David indicates there again that God did not just see what David was going through. He did not just hear David, but God got into the pit with David and lifted him up out of that pit. Listen, I, there again, I don't know where you were when you got saved and I don't know the circumstances surrounding your salvation experience. But I do know this, whether you were like me as a church kid or whether you were saved out of some, out of some other lifestyle, whatever it was, it took God coming to where you were and bringing you up out of that. And listen, that's, that's not a day that you and I should ever be able to forget. I'm not, I'm not saying that you'll know the date on the calendar. I'm not saying you'll know the date, the time on the clock, but I am saying this, you will know something happened to you that day. Something as big as God moving inside and glory moving in and kicking hell out of your heart, friend, that is something that you cannot forget. I don't remember the day I got saved. I don't remember the time that I got saved. But I can tell you where I was. I can show you how I was sitting. And I can tell you the peace that come along with that after that. It, 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 it bothers me when I hear people that can't tell you anything about their salvation experience. 
If you don't know anything about, if you don't know any, any details about your salvation experience, my question is, can you trust it? Can you really trust something as big as that and you don't know anything about it? You can remember, you can remember all the words to Andy Griffin and you can remember all the words to a song, but you can't remember any details about salvation? Something's wrong. Friend, right there again, I'm not saying you'll remember the date on the calendar or there again the time on the, on the clock. But you ought to remember something. And if you can't remember something about the day you got saved, I wonder if you was ever brought up out of it. We said, listen, I'll I, I tell you this, in reality of it is, is when people hear preaching like this, they say, he's trying to make me doubt. I can't make you doubt what you know you have. If you are doubting, then there's a reason to doubt. You can't make me doubt what I know I have. And so we, a lot of, in a way, we have forgotten that the Lord hurt us. We have forgotten the place the Lord delivered us out of. Notice where He put us after He delivered us. He goes on to say, and set my feet upon a rock. That's a place of safety. And establish my going. That's a, that's a pathway of living. Listen, God does not just save us just to set us and, to, and that be it. God saves us for, to put us in a place of safety, but He also saves us to put, on, put us in a pathway of life. Listen, there's more to salvation than just, than just us being saved and joining a church. Man, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a new walk. It's a new talk. It's, it's, a, it's a completely radical change when the Lord delivers us out of that place of a horrible pit. But not only has many of us forgot that the Lord hurt us that day, not, and we forgot, many of us have forgotten where the Lord delivered us out of but some of us have even forgotten the Lord's song that He put in us. Notice verse number 3. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust the Lord. We see that David, as he is reminded, going back of, of the time that de of God that brought him out and the time that God had brought him out of that horrible pit that and he had inclined to his cry and set his feet on that rock and set his feet on a new way of going. He said, not only did the Lord do that, but the Lord put a new song in my, in my mouth. Listen, Ed, when, you, when a person gets saved, there's a lot of new things take place. Matter of fact, that's what the Paul would write in the book of Corinthians. He'd say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Reality of it is, is friend, after salvation, there's always a change. Now there again, I told you when I was, I got saved when I was eight years old. That, that at first there wasn't that much of a change. But even as an eight year old boy, there was things that God began to change in my life. And you, to, to have salvation without a change is not to have salvation at all. Something as big as God moving inside your heart and moving inside of my heart, it is impossible for change not to take place. And so David says he put a new song in my mouth. Listen, we're, we're no, as, as saved people, we're no longer crying 
Uh, when David, David made this, uh, as he said in verse 1, at first time, he was crying. But now he's not crying, he's singing. Why? Because God has delivered him. We're no longer crying and weeping. And I understand there may be that sometimes, but, but that's not the, the Christian life as a whole. But we have been delivered. And listen, we should be singing the grace of God. We should be singing His praises. And there's no reason that you and I should walk around with a face like a, like a mule, a sad and depressed, because we've been saved by the grace of God. We've been born again. He has brought us up out of a horrible pit. Hey, we're only never going to die and go to hell. That's something to rejoice about. And listen, I, I don't know, your, your, your way of praising God may be different from my way of praising God. My way of praising God may be different than yours. Yours may be vocal. You may shout. And listen, I'm for shouting. The Bible says all those that shout for joy. I'm for shouting. If, you, if that's your way of praising God, let her roll. It may, yours may be just sitting there and weeping and crying and shedding tears of, of thanksgiving. If that's your way of praising God, let them flow. It may be that you just sit there quiet and, and don't show any emotion at all. And it, you just get, just bottle it up inside. If that's your way of praising God, I say that to do it. But listen, I'm just telling you that because we've been delivered, we ought to be a people that is a people of praising the Lord Jesus. If it's shouting, shouting. If it's crying, crying. If it's raising hands, raising hands. If it's just sitting there and musing over the goodness of God, do that. But let's be a people that has not forgotten what God has done for us and how God has saved us. People need to see. People need to see us not not melancholy and not depressed and not down downtrodden. They need to see a people that's happy about being born again. Listen, there's nothing in this world that is more important than being born again. And if we believe that, we ought to act that way, should we not? Man, it's amazing to me. Maze Jackson used to say. That in most churches you could lead a lead a milk cow down the aisle, and by the time she got to the altar, she'd be given popsicles because it's so cold. <laughs> it isn't that the way it is most of the time. You know why it's that way most of the time? Because we have forgotten what God has done. We've forgotten about the day when you was lost and you had no hope, and you called upon God. And the God of glory saved your soul. You know why so many times we come in church and we don't feel it? It's because we've forgotten where we was, but where we're going now. Friend, it, it, it would, there's not a thing in this world that, that God couldn't solve in the life of a believer if He'd just lift the lid of hell off for five seconds. And for us to really realize where we were going and to know that where we're going now because of His grace, boy, we'd praise Him a little bit differently, wouldn't we? Boy, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be so, so shy to thank Him publicly, would we? You know, I hear a lot, I, a lot of times people say, well, I'm just not wired that way. I'm just not that outspoken. You know what amazes me? 
Most people come to church and they won't even make a peep. But you get them at the football game or the baseball game and boy, they'll shout, hoot, holler, run, rip, and rare. But they'll come to church and say, well, I'm just not emotional. It's not that you're not emotional. God made us emotional. It's just that you care more about a pigskin going down the field than you do about God saving your soul. It's just that it's not that you're emotional or that I'm emotional. It's just that we care more about a leather ball than we do about Jesus Christ coming in and living inside of us for an eternity. It's not that we're not emotional. It's just that we're emotional about something other than the grace of God. Am I right? I dare to say when we, you and I got saved, we, we probably made statements like most America did in 9-11 and 2001. We'll never forget this. But here we are some, some years later. And we forgot it, hadn't we? You remember when you first got saved? Well, the joy you had. We forgot a lot of it, hadn't we? What about the peace? Oh, we forgot it, hadn't we? What about the desire to see other people to feel what we felt? Oh, we forgot it, hadn't we? I can remember as a young preacher Y'all think I'm wild now. You should have known me when I first started. And I had an older man come to me and he made this statement. He said, you know what? He said, give it a few years. And this is exact words he said, and that excitement will wear off. And for years, I used to think, boy, I, 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 I mean, I held, I held that against him for many years. But you know what? A few years down the road now, see what he's talking about. But you know it's not God's fault that it wore off. It's my fault that it wore off. I let people get to me. You know the biggest fights I've ever had has not been with the alcoholic crowd. The biggest fights I've ever had has not been with the adulterous crowd. Brother Kim, you know what the biggest fights I've ever had in the ministry was with? with? With church people who forgot what it was like before they got saved. You know, I think if we would remember really, I mean, live and, live and bask in remembrance of what God has done for us, there'd be a whole lot less fighting in church. I want to ask you this morning, have you forgotten what it was like the day you got born again? Some of you have been saved longer than I've been breathing. And I say glory to God for that. 
Don't get over it. Some of you have not been saved that long. And you're in the danger of getting over what God has done for you. Don't get over it. Well, preacher, if I, if I, they'll call me a holy roller. Well, there's two problems with that. Number one, if you're supposed to be saved, if you're saved, you're supposed to be holy. And if you're a roller, that at least means you're heading somewhere. I want to ask you, can you really go overboard with Jesus? Absolutely not. I say this morning on this, on this day when we're never supposed to forget what happened in America, I say let's, let's never forget what happened in our hearts the day the Lord saved us. Let's don't forget about where we were, but now by the grace of God where we are. I'm not what I ought to be. But thanks be unto God, I'm not what I used to be. And listen real well, I'm not what I'm going to be. Because one of these days when I see Him, I shall be like Him. Some of musicians come, I want to ask you, have you gotten over being saved? I mean, really think about it. Have I gotten over being saved? I'm afraid the answer to the question of that to my life is a lot of times yes. But oh, I don't ever want to forget, I don't ever want to get over being born again. Listen, have you ever have you gotten over your salvation experience? I used to be, I used to feel ashamed of of my testimony because I didn't get saved out of some horrific whatever. But I had to get to a place where my testimony is as much a testimony of the saving grace of God as, it, as, it, as a person that got saved some horrific background. My testimony is just as important as theirs is. Because regardless, I got saved. Oh, that God would help us to remember. Oh, that God would give us that excitement again. Oh, that God... Listen, if, if you and I, if we could just get a hold of what we used to have, there's no telling what God could do. I don't know about you, but I want, to, I want to go back to those days of, of walking hand in hand with Him. I want to go back to those days where I didn't give a care what anybody thought about me because I was so in love with Jesus. Now don't look at me super spiritual because that's where a lot of us are is we're so worried about what somebody else may think instead of just being in love with Jesus and not caring. And I want to go back to those days where the only thing that mattered to me was Him. 
I was thinking this week, I was thinking about when I first surrendered to prayer. I didn't know anything about outlining. I didn't know anything about content, contents. I didn't know anything about exegesis. I didn't know anything about... Uh, I didn't know anything about anything. The only thing I knew was that God saved me. God called me to preach. And I love Jesus. That's all I knew. I remember the first time a church tried to pay me for preaching. I told them I would not take money for preaching. You was not going to buy me. I mean, I remember those days. Now, I had more zeal than I had knowledge back then. Man, I miss those days. I miss those days of not giving a rip whether I sang on tune or not because I wasn't singing for nobody. I was singing for King Jesus because He had saved my soul. And I'm telling you, we need to get back to those days. I need to go back to those days. You need to get back to those days. Why? Because those were the days when we were just in love with Jesus. Fooey on the facade. Fooey on the rest of the stuff. Friend, let's just fall back in love with Jesus. Because our kids need to see people that are just in love with their Savior. If people laugh, let them laugh. If people mock, let them mock. But let's just fall back in love with Him. Let's never forget the day He heard our cry. Let's never forget the day that He brought us, He delivered us. Let's never forget the new song He put in our, our mouth. Let's go back to those days when He was really all that mattered. And I believe we can go back to those days. I believe if we're sincere, if we'll ask the Lord to help us, I believe He'll restore unto us those days again. And there again, our better days will be before us and not behind us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to ask you, you don't have to raise your hand. Do you miss the days when you just loved the Lord? You weren't worried about things. You just, you just knew God was in control and He's going to take care of you. I wonder, say, preacher, I, I've let circumstances, I've let things cloud it. Oh, I want to get back to those days where Jesus was just the only thing that mattered to me. That's you. I just would slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm in that category. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's all over the room. Let's just get back to where we just love the Lord. Say, so, preacher, I, I don't know if I've ever been born again. I, I don't know. Would you pray for me? If you're here and you don't know if you've ever been saved, I just want to pray for you. Won't embarrass you? Just slip up your hand. I don't know if I've ever been born again. 
Boy, for us that are saved, man, the world needs to see Christ in us. Father, we love You. Lord, You've seen the hands that have been raised. God, I pray that You'd help us. God, to not forget what You've done. God, I pray that You would bring joy back in our hearts. God, I pray that You would establish our goings once again. God, so that You are the only thing that matters. Lord, we sure need You. And I pray You'd help us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. As we stand to our feet, a march coming. You need to come to the altar and pray. You come do that. You seek the Lord while He can be found. And you deal with Him as He's dealt with you. Fear not, little flock, from the cross to the throne, from death into life, He went for His own. Attention. Remember tonight, 6 o'clock, and... Uh...